Nine Podcasts. I'm Elise. And I'm Tom. As Oscar Wilde once said, Ultimately, the bond of all companionship, whether in marriage or in friendship, is conversation. Welcome to our husband-wife podcast, The Elliot Exchange. What could possibly go wrong? Find out with us by tapping the follow or subscribe button on The Elliot Exchange, wherever you get your podcast. Hi there, Tom. Hello, Elise. Now, we've got a lovely email today from John. We have. ElliotExchange at nine.com.au. John has sent us a picture of two of his Hawaiian shirts. And one of them, though, he said his father got, I think, on a cruise in Tahiti in 1969. Tahiti looks nice. And he wants me to sort of cast my eye over it and say, does it fit within the broad pantheon of Hawaiian shirts? And he did say, unlike the traditional Hawaiian shirt, these have a tapered fit. What do you think? Because you are the specialist in this field. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll put the uh, the picture of John's shirts uh, up online. But it, the first one he's got is excellent, the one from 1969. It ticks most of the boxes. And what are they? Well, it, so you want big collars. There's four mm-hmm. things. Big collars, mm-hmm. so that's why you only want to buy them from the 60s and the 70s. Bark cloth fabric. For example, what I'm wearing today is a good example of bark cloth fabric, albeit in more of a Tongan style. Right. You want... Gold, when I say gold buttons, they, they actually are supposed to look like little coins because right. the Japanese tailors in Honolulu used to use yen coins. They drill holes in them. And uh, you, ideally you want a pocket where the pattern on the pocket matches the underlying shirt. Ah, so no corners cut there. No, and that's hard to do. That's really mm. hard to do. Mm. Like if you mm. sew it on the outside, you have to line it up so well. And, yeah, many try but very few succeed. And, look, John's shirt ticks two out of the four boxes. There you go, John. Which is not bad. Which is not bad. So a Tahitian shirt could I think could so because the, as far as I know, uh, what, what we think of as Polynesian culture in Tahiti. Simon, Tahiti. And Hawaii and even Tonga and even going all the way down to New Zealand. It, it's all part of a continuum of the same sort of migration of people. Mm. Mm. Now, you're being a little modest You've had a bit of a sartorial wind during the week. And I have to be honest, Tom, I'm a bit jelly belly. I have fashion envy. You are now a fashion influencer. Yeah, so what's happened is uh, a friend of mine uh, on my show was in a place called Lowe's Menswear, which is like what is we call... Is Lowe being the operative word when it comes no, to fashion? No, it's, it's big guy style. Oh, right. Right, you know. Like, like high and mighty. Like high and mighty. Right. And, and, and David Schwartz, my friend, he, he's a big guy. Anyway, he goes in and he's buying a Hawaiian shirt for a dress-up party. And the sales so Sorry, is- can you just notice, for a dress-up party? <laughs> just, just saying. Yeah, but that's how it starts. People wear them to dress up and they think, oh, this is nice. Yeah. And they wear it the next day yeah. and away it goes. Anyway, <laughs> and, and the sales assistant, apropos of absolutely nothing, says to him, oh, these are flying off the shelves at the moment. And he goes, oh, yeah, why is that? And she goes, well, it's Tom Elliott on 3AW. He wears them every day. He talks about them. And middle-aged men are now buying them. So you are very of the zeitgeist. Yes. You are starting a fashion trend. And, and, and my people are talking to the Lowe's people <laughs> about what we call a signature range <laughs> where, you know, maybe my signature will be embroidered on the, on the, on the pocket. Oh, will the, you oversee the styles yeah, and everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, just, this is and obviously these ones will sell exciting. at a premium. Hang on, a signature range. Are you going to be designing your own range of Hawaiian shirts? Yeah, I mean, I'll be working with their designers because right. I, I just do the big picture stuff and they have to be the nitty-gritty. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and as I said, there might be like 
like a, a logo with my face on it or my signature um, sewn into the pocket or something like that. Right. <laughs> you know, I am a little envious, Tom, because I, I'm no slouch in the fashion department, but you have just taken the mantle. So my father used to say to me that always wear the same clothes, even if they're out of fashion, because every now and then they, <laughs> you know, maybe for, say, six months out of ten years, yeah, right. they will come back into fashion. Right. And I remember Dad on a family holiday, like in Africa, mm. you know, walking around the bush in his business shoes and his flared trousers and his polo sh- blue polo shirt, mm. and he looked a bit of a dill. But the point is, he said, no, one day, one day, people will be wearing this stuff again. But they haven't, have they? No, they haven't, not yet. So keep an eye out for Tom's bespoke range of Hawaiian shirts at Lowe's. Signature range. Tom, Conchita Worst soared to fame after winning the Eurovision Song Contest in 2014 with her song, Rise Like a Phoenix. I'm gonna fly. And, you know, out of the ashes, she has flown to a very, very stratospheric career. Um, But she was very reflective about her younger self and she wanted to give her younger self a message, which is always believe all the fairy tales that you have in your head. So what would you tell your younger self? Well, I must say Conchita has a very unfortunate surname because worst in German means sausage. I know, and she's Austrian. Yeah, so imagine being called, you <laughs> Tom know, Tom sausage. sausage or Elise Sausage. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, put, leaving that to one side. Mm. Um, I, yeah, thinking about if I could go back in time and, I don't know, go to my 10-year-old self, the first thing I'd say to my, my young self is, Make the most of all these Carlton premierships. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it seems yeah. like one rolls around every year or so. Uh, but guess what? In the future, hard yeah, to believe, but yeah. in the future, it won't happen. Yeah. Secondly, I remember um, in grade seven, so I must have been 12 or 13, having to give a talk at the house chapel service. And my voice was sort of half breaking. Was, ah, ah, and I would say to my young self, eventually your voice will break. <laughs> Right. And to my teenage self, I'd say, you know, look at all these wonderful Australian cars. Mm. You know, they will go up in value enormously yes. yeah. one day. Buy a garage mm. full of them while you can. What about you, Elise? Well, on the, the topic of cars, I'd say don't buy that French car. You should never buy anything made by the French. <laughs> no, not, Even what? a French person. No. <laughs> French, do, French make apparently good lovers, bad mechanics. Germans the other way around. Great mechanics, bad lovers, apparently. But I digress. Uh, I would like to say to my younger self, um, get off that mad metaphorical treadmill set to 11. Stop to smell the roses. Or as Stoic philosopher Marcus Aurelius more eloquently said, dwell on the beauty of life, watch the stars and see yourself running with them. Without being too philosophical and too poetic, I think we just get caught up in the mayhem of life without just standing still. I would like to stand still a bit more. I wish my younger self did that. Um, and I really, really rue missing all the anniversaries, parties, birthdays and Christmases because I was so ambitious in a cutthroat industry, you know, and I, I stayed back. I did after time. I worked on weekends for stories. I can't remember, but I remember the anniversaries I missed. 
Still going back to Conchita Worst or <laughs> Conchita the Sausage. Yeah, thanks for, that, thanks for that, that really beautiful <laughs> feedback on my reflective Well, uh, this musings. fits into what you were saying. I yes. mean, she says believe in all the fairy tales, but what is the point of that? I mean, yeah, you told fairy tales when you were young, so, you know, your teeth fall out and the tooth fairy appears in the middle of the night. Oh, I think it's more about, you know, you have big dreams and if you follow them, sometimes they can come true. Tinkerbell and Peter Pan, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'll probably... Reflect on some bad fashion choices, wouldn't you? No, embrace them. <laughs> Tom, recently I took part in a driver dynamics advanced and precision driver training course. Hello to Kevin, very patient man. And I just went in at entry level to have an idea of what's going on. It was full of pea platers and their terrified parents. Mm. But do you know what was interesting? The parents took away so much more than the pea platers because we got our licence decades ago. Not only have we forgotten rules and laws, a lot of them have changed. Now, you have many strong points, Tom. I don't know if driving's right up there and I'd really like you to go back and do an advanced driving course. Well, I, I must say when I learnt to drive, my mother said, oh, I'll teach you. And I, I have this vivid memory. I was in her car and I'm you know, behind the wheel and we're going somewhere and I look across to her and she's got her eyes closed and she's yeah. just clutching the seat. <laughs> yeah. Am I doing this right? Hey, I know. do that too. I have my eyes closed and yeah. clutch the seat when you drive. But I, I really think all P-platers should go through an advanced driving course because I don't think parents are equipped to teach them. And I think parents should – and sorry – older folks, including my parents, I think elderly Australians should be subjected to five-yearly, perhaps, licence renewals and tests. No, I'm so going to be very to, unpopular saying that. You're trying to get rid of people's mobility in older age. Now, I was determined also to get my licence on a manual, yes, or as it's course. called these days, the millennial anti-theft device. Yeah. <laughs> we had a choice, didn't we, back yeah. in the day? Well, but you did, but... If you did your licence on a manual, you could drive an auto as well. Yes. But if you did your licence on an auto, you couldn't right. drive a manual. That's right, yeah, yeah. And so they had to, my parents had to pay for a driving instructor. I, I had a, I worked out probably eight hours of driving before I sat my licence test. Oh, that's not enough. And I actually failed, but I didn't. I got I got 69, you had to get 70. And I, I was like, oh, my God, I've, I'm not going to get my licence. I've already bought a car. And, and the, the uh, assessor said to my instructor who was sitting there shaking his head at me, is he normally this bad, being me? And he said, no, and they gave me my licence. So not only did I actually fail my test, they still gave me the licence after only eight hours driving. Maybe they should have rethought that back in the day. Well, who taught you to drive? Dad, I remember he taught me how to do a handbrake hill start. Yes. On, I think it was Bourne Road, that really steep road. And I remember thinking... God, am I going to come out of this alive? So a very brave man. So Dad, Dad really was very patient. Well, the funny thing about handbrake hill starts is it's a, it's a skill which really is yeah. dead because even if you get one of the diminishing mm. proportion of manual cars that you can still buy, yeah. they all have automatic handbrakes now, which means the car on an incline will do the handbrake for you. So the handbrake hill start, like the roll start, it just, it just doesn't exist anymore. What about a refresher on some of the laws? I did not know. You're not supposed to reverse park into an angle park. You know, apparently you're not supposed to use the horn either. I know. You're not supposed to use I the do, horn. I use it all the time. I know you do. And you don't just do that beep, beep. You do the like really vigorous horn blowing. Roundabouts, those rules have changed. I know. But not. But people still give way to the right. It's you're not supposed about- to. It's first 
first in. But, but how do you work it out when there's about 100 cars yeah, all going through yeah, at the same yeah. time? Who can honestly look around and say who was first in? And I didn't know this. You can wear high heels and thongs while driving as long as you have full control of the vehicle. Well, high but, heels and thongs. No, and or. And or, right? And driving in full control means formal hand position, nine and three o'clock. Very few people do that. There's the person that does the finger down on the bottom or the hand on the top. What about the one and... Yeah, what about, what about one arm out the window and the other yeah, arm Yeah, like that's this? the true Aussie way, isn't it? So, yeah. yes, nine and three. So I think everyone should go back and do an advanced driving course. Okay, well, who's going to teach our daughter how to drive? I will, hands down. I taught her to ride a bike. Can't be that different. Now, Elise, uh, a female teacher has raised eyebrows after dating a former student who identifies as a man. She's seven years older than him. Um, they started dating after he, several years after he left high school. Is this okay or not? No, no, it's not okay. Did you have any female teachers you had a crush on at school? There was a PE teacher. There was two actually. There's Mrs. McCausland, and I can't remember the other one now, but she drove a, a Datsun 120Y. Yeah, that's enough to win your I don't heart. know if it was her or the car that I liked. Yeah, yeah, mm. the Datsun. Well, I see, I went to a convent. It was mm. a convent back then. There was one male teacher, God help him. Oh, there's a couple, but everyone had a semi crush on him only because he was the only bloke in our orbit. Yes. But dating a teacher, my feeling is. The, the power imbalance is so out of whack. You could never really readjust, even once you've left school. We had an English teacher at school. I can't – I don't think I can say his name because he's still around. And he, I think, a year after a year 12 girl left school, like he, he suddenly married her and he was also a warlock. Like he was a trained male witch, which, you know, speaks what? to his oddness. Yeah. And – to this day, he still writes a lot of letters to the newspaper. I see them complaining. Yeah. Are they still about, together? I don't know. I don't know. But mm. some people thought that that was possibly a bit inappropriate. Yeah. yeah. On so a what, whole bunch of levels. So what do you think? You haven't really. Well, I, I, I think I, I don't think you should go out with someone that you taught. But I think that if it's years and years later, it's all right. Yeah. Still, what about being told off for being a very naughty boy? Now you listen here. He's not the Messiah. He's a I'm going to bring out the ruler. Yeah, and you're age 30. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bit strange. Tom, you know it's really hard to try and align our viewing habits and I'm often saying, why don't we watch this together? And you're like, mm, yeah, nah. And you've organised a family date coming up. Yes. And we're all going to see Creed 3, written in Roman numerals, yes. of course. So it's obviously, I know you're very excited at the prospect of this. And this is an unusual chapter in the in the Rocky universe. Because Sylvester Stallone is conspicuously absent. How are you going to cope? He has nothing to do, it, do with it. Look, I, I, I still think it would be good, you know, uh, obviously uh, uh, Donnie Creed or formerly Adonis Creed. You know, he, he, he's the illegitimate son of Apollo Creed. He actually looks quite a lot like him too. And, he, you know, he has to, I think, fight someone from his youth in a, in a, uh, a boy's home or something like that. And, and the problem with Sylvester Stallone now is there's sort of nowhere further for him to go when it comes to, you know, people to fight or someone to train or whatever. But everybody says it's a great film, but I don't know. I, I feel a bit funny. I feel, I feel almost disloyal seeing a Rocky film without Rocky. I know, I know. So I just – do you need some a bit of counselling leading up to it or perhaps afterwards – 
you know, I mean, it's not going to be the same watching this movie without your hero in it. Well, what I thought we would do yeah. to oh. get ourselves in the mood oh, no. is, is watch, say, not all, but say three oh. of, of, of Rocky films. You can pick them. As long as oh, any is, three. Yeah, any three before we go and see Creed three. If you would dictate which Rocky films I should see. Well, you should definitely see Rocky one, yeah. Rocky three. What happened to Rocky two? No, it's just Rocky one in reverse. Man, I won, but I didn't beat him. Which Give. is the one where he trains against himself and he's doing those sit-ups and he's in the snow. That, that's Rocky four. Yeah, okay. Uh, don't bother with that. Don't bother with Rocky five. Probably Rocky Balboa is good. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Or the first of the Creed movies. Right. So I have to do like a crash course in Rocky. We've already seen them all. So I know, it's just but I sort of refresher. tune out. I tune out a bit. Okay. So are we, we're, we're doing this. We yep, are. Absolutely. That's how winning is done. All right, Elisa, what have you learnt this week? That you are now a fashion icon. Your shirts are worth a lot more and I can't wait for your bespoke, sorry, signature range. Um, and also that I'm the one that will have to teach our daughter to drive. How about you? Well, I've learned that you're a little bit jealous about my success in the uh, fashion industry. <laughs> and that I think both of us just share just a slight distaste with teachers going out with former students. There's something about... The position of power didn't... I mean, you went and saw Sting recently, didn't you? Yeah, that wonderful song, Don't Stand So Close To Me. Is about about a teacher. No, it's about schoolgirls being obsessed with the teacher. Yeah. Right. But he also wrote Roxanne. He was just a very ahead of his time kind of. Yeah, the, the lesson is don't go there. So to hear more on the Elliot Exchange, you can follow me, Elise Elliot underscore media, or send us an email. Yes, what a great email address it is. Elliot Exchange at nine, that's N-I-N-E, dot com dot au.